dog, you look malnourished. Let's get some bread, fried an egg, yo, you're drowning in syrup. You can be spot, I pick a tail number and we can be tourists. Let's go to Cannes and watch a couple indie movies that you never heard of. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you would do me a favor, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm trying to get to a thousand subscribers, so anything would definitely help. I appreciate you guys. But today we're going to start off this episode with a story. For people that don't know, uh, I went to Voorhees College, which is actually now Voorhees University, so shouts out to them. That's the HBCU in Denmark, South Carolina. And... I played college basketball. I played for three years, redshirted one year, played two years. So three years I played basketball. And it's easy. You can quickly Google it. But did you know that the basketball team, or let's say athletics, athletics at Voorhees College makes up nearly 70% of the entire, and I mean the entire school's revenue, that's uh, seventy per- nearly 70% of the entire school's revenue is generated by their sports team, S- sports teams. And the number one sports team is basketball because they don't have a football team. It is an HBCU. Shouts out to them. Shouts out to the NAIA. Uh, but yeah, it is, um, nearly 70% of the school's revenue comes from athletics. Like I said, I played three years. I played basketball, loved every minute of it. You know, shouts out to my teammates, shouts out to coach Mitchell, who is no longer there, uh, but shouts out to him. We used to do two a days. We used to have practice at 5 o'clock in the morning and practice at 4. Then that doesn't include individuals with people that don't know. Uh, you'd go individually and work on your craft uh, one-on-one with a coach. That doesn't include study hall. That doesn't include um, treatment. That doesn't include any of that. We'd have two practices a day, two official full team practices, 5 o'clock in the morning and 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Or in the evening, whatever you want to call it. The thing about HBCUs, I don't know about all HBCUs, the thing about Voorhees College is they didn't have enough money to keep the CAF open 24 hours a day or the library open 24 hours a day. Meaning, the CAF would open up at what? Six, six, seven o'clock in the morning and in they would then like close to get ready for lunch and then have to close again to get ready for dinner. And dinner dinner ended at 8 o'clock, I believe. Then the calf would be closed. Another thing people don't understand is Denmark is hella rural. <laughs> like the, all they have there is a Piggly Wiggly, uh, uh, I don't know how it is today, but all they have is a Piggly Wiggly, a Walmart, I mean, not a Walmart, uh, a Hardee's, uh, and a McDonald's, and a, and, a, and a gas station. You have to travel like 45 minutes to get to the first Walmart, which is in Orangeburg, uh, Orangeburg, South Carolina. And you have to travel 
30 minutes to get to the first 24-hour gas station. So that should let you know that it's rural as hell. There are many of nights where we'd have practice and we wouldn't get out of practice until 7.30, And because, you know, we had to then get ready, we had to take a we had to shower, you know, blah, blah, blah. There were many times we missed calf. And if you miss calf, you know, if you ain't got no food in your in your dorm, you ain't got no food in your room, you, you're done. And you ain't got no car, you're done. And there were many nights where I didn't have food. I did not have, you know, I, I didn't have a car. I wasn't fortunate enough to have a car. And I lived on the dorm because I was too broke to, you know, live off campus. Um... And, and there was many nights I went to sleep hungry. Remember what I said. I said that the athletic program at Voorhees College, whether it's basketball, whether it's track and field, whether it's baseball, the athletic program at Voorhees College makes up 70%, nearly 70% of the entire school's revenue. Yet and still, me as an athlete... If I missed calf, I was going to sleep hungry. And that is where we'll start today. The NCAA, uh, I think the, the, the Supreme Court ruled against the NCAA to allow students to get um, educational benefits. Like, get, you know, you can get computers, you can get scholarships or incentives, whatever it is. Uh, off the likeness of their name. One thing I didn't say in that story is while I'm the athletic program made up 70% of my entire school's revenue, which is Voorhees College. Jimmy, who went there as a biology major, was able to work and still go to school and still get the same benefits that I got outside of, of course, a basketball scholarship because he didn't play. So how is it that Jimmy, who's a basketball, I mean, no, who is a biology major, is able to go work and still go to school and make a living for himself? Yet Jalen, who plays basketball, who makes more money for the school than Jimmy does is unable to make any type of money outside of stipends that we get on road trips. Shouts out to the uh shouts out to the Supreme Court for ruling against the NCAA. Uh I think it was like a unanimous nine to zero vote or something like that. Um and this definitely will help, you know. There are a lot of student athletes, a lot of student athletes come from situations where they can't afford a lot. So a lot of them don't have computers. A lot of them can't really afford books. A lot of them need the extra support. But this is just a this is just a minute step in a bigger a bigger journey. Zion Williamson generated so much money for Duke. 
yet and still, under the guidelines and ramifications of the NCAA, he is he was unable to make none of no money. Zion brought. I know y'all remember the game where he blew out of his PGs, man. Zion brought the president, Obama, to the game. This doesn't include TV deals. This doesn't include sponsorships, clothing sponsorships, food sponsorships, travel sponsorships. These athletes make how much how much money do you think athletes make for Alabama? The Nick Saban is I think the stat came out that he is the richest paid employee in Alabama. Shout out to Nick Saban. I'm not counting nobody's money. I'm counting the people that ain't got money. But it's like the NCAA will continue to say that it's an unfair advantage for students to get paid and other students to not. Yet and still, if you go back to my Voorhees story, me being on the basketball team, I made more money for the or for the school than Jimmy did. But Jimmy can go to work and still go to school. You know what? You want to hear what my schedule was? Wake up at 4.30, get to the gym by 5. Practice ends at 7.30. No, practice ends at 7.30 if you didn't have class. If you had class, you know, go. If you didn't have class, practice. Go, practice ends like 7.30, 7.45. Then run to the calf, get some breakfast, go, had to shower, then I had to go to my first class at 8 o'clock. I was most definitely late most of the time. After that, go from my 8 o'clock class, 8 o'clock class ended around 10, go either A, no, then I would go to the gym for my individuals. My individuals at 10.30. From 10.30 till around 11.30 or 11.45, I would then go take another shower, go to calf. Go to calf, get to calf by the 12. 12, I would go to calf, eat. Then I would go to my 1 o'clock. After my 1 o'clock, I would, my 1 o'clock ends at around 2. I will go back to the gym for another individuals. I needed extra practice. <laughs> I will go to the gym at 1 o'clock. My individuals will be from one or no, from two thirty till about let's say three thirty. Then I would wait thirty minutes for actual official practice to start. That practice went from four o'clock till I'll say seven, seven thirty, seven forty-five, depending on if we were hit, if we were doing what the coach said. At that point, you had to either sprint to the calf, sweaty and all, or Go to the calf. Calf usually closed. Cool. You had study hall. Study hall was at night. However, the 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 library closed at nine o'clock every day, on the weekdays. Weekends, I think it closed at like seven. Meaning that we had to do we have to do study hall either by ourselves in the gym, or it was no study hall. Then I'm over here trying to figure out, I'm trying to link with a friend, link with a teammate. Yo, you going to McDonald's, you going to Piggly Wiggly, you going to let me ride with you. Did that get back to, I didn't get back to my room till probably, I'll say 10, no, 
I'll say, yeah, nine to, no, I'll say about 10 o'clock at night. I still had to do homework, all for it to just recycle the next day. Yet and still, I dedicate myself to the basketball as well as being a student athlete, but I couldn't make money. But Jimmy could. And this is no no disrespect or no offense to any student there, you know, that even if you don't play sport, whatever, this is no disrespect to any student. But people don't understand. People just see, you know, these athletes are bigger and stronger and they get scholarships and this, that, and the third. Yeah, but they also – scholarships just get you there and pay for you to be there. It doesn't pay for your food. It doesn't pay for how the hell are you going to buy uh, cleaning supplies. Like, scholarship just gets you there. And don't get me wrong. I did get a partial scholarship for playing basketball, so I appreciate that. But what I'm saying is, yes, this the, the ruling that the Supreme Court did with the NCAA – it helps. Like I said, it helps people get computers. It helps people to get some incentives. It helps people to, you know, start making some type of edu- you know, some type of educational foot in the door. But it doesn't negate the fact that these students still need money. And these athletes, whether it's basketball, whether it's football, whether it's track and field, these students make so much money for the organization. How much money you think? The track team, and we'll talk about them a little later. The track team at, in, at North Carolina, uh, North Carolina A&T, how much money do you think they make uh, the school for now making it to the Olympics? And how much money do you think they're seeing? It's, you know, it's 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 a small foot in a, in a longer journey. But, hey, you know, I, hopefully things change because, like I said, there, there should be no reason why an athlete – who has to athlete schedules are crazy. And the thing is, I went to NAIA school and HBCU NAI. That's one step below um, NCAA as far as, I guess, talent level or whatever it is. Recruit, I don't know. That's one step below NCAA. I can imagine the, 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 an athlete schedule for the NCAA. So, you know, man, pay the players. People ask me why I'm so adamant in why I believe players and athletes should be play, paid because I was one. I was one that dedicated myself to the craft of basketball and still at night didn't under, didn't know where the hell I was going to eat or how I was going to eat or had to eat like crap because I can only afford McDonald's. Or go to Piggly Wiggly or steal, steal bread out the calf and only can afford peanut butter and jelly from the Piggly Wiggly. So I would take bread from calf and use that and eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I was that player that put so much into the craft of basketball and put so much money in Voorhees College's pocket. And I was over here saying, yo, I don't, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to eat, bro. I miss calf. So let's move forward. Let's move over to the NBA. First and foremost, 
so we're in the conference finals now. We're gonna I'm gonna give my conference finals predictions in a minute, but let's start with Atlanta in the Philly series. So Atlanta defeats Philly in in seven games, and you know it's funny. They've been talking about you know this playoffs is is has doesn't have LeBron anymore, doesn't have AD. Um, we'll talk about KD in a second. Doesn't have. uh, Curry doesn't have Dame, but this has been a very good series, a very good playoffs, man. Shouts out to Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks, bro. Trey Young, Trey Young is one of those people. He is starting to grow right before our eyes, man. Trey Young is having a was having a playoffs. While he did have a horrible shooting game in Game Seven, what Trey Young is doing is he's dictating dictating the pace better than anybody that he's played yet is doing. Yes, Trey Young can have a horrible shooting game, which he did in game seven. I think he went like three for like 20 or something. But his ability to control the pace of the game, his ability to get his get his teammates involved um, with assists, how Kevin Herter was playing. Like, the Atlanta Hawks is a great, a really good team, a young promising team and I think that this is the this is this is a good step for Atlanta do I think that they can build on this for now of course they're still playing but do I think that they can build on this for years to come of course I mean you know it's funny people were now I was one of the people that I didn't think that Atlanta should have given up Luka and as we're seeing Luca is better than Trey Young. Don't get me wrong, but Trey Young has been great for Atlanta. Trey Young, Trey Young, he's matured right before us. Before Trey Young would just just jack up long ass threes and <laughs> and pray they make it. He'd he'd his game was hella rushed. Now you see that a lot from rookies, but his game was hella rushed and he didn't really have a sense of. You know how fast he was going compared to how fast he needed to go. Um, sometimes he was going fast. Most of the times he was going faster than he needed to go, which caused a lot of turnovers. But Trey Young is these is the main reason is the hugest hugest is the biggest reason why um, the Atlanta Atlanta is in the conference finals right now. Also, shouts out to Nate McMillan, man. Nate McMillan has been tossed aside so many times as a head coach. And the fact that he gets a young core like Atlanta, you know, a lot of these players are able to be molded and a lot of these players believe and listen to him. Like I said, you have Kevin Herter playing the best basketball he's played ever. You have John Collins emerging. You have uh, Lou Williams, who's a good veteran. You have Gallinari, who's a good veteran. You have Clint Capella, who's playing good. You have have Bogdanovich, who's playing good. So... This is a really good team, and that you know, I'm not, I'm shocked at they beat Philly because Bill Philly was number one overall seed, and we'll talk about that in just a second. I'm surprised at that, but I'm not surprised that they made it as far as they did. Do I think that I, you know, looking at the road, I, I, I could see that them beating a, a Knicks team and. I didn't think they were going to be Philly, but that after they did and after seeing Philly, it's, it makes sense. So, 
Shouts out to Atlanta, man. Shouts out to Atlanta for making the first conference final since, what, 2015? And I think that team had Jeff Green, Joe Johnson, uh, Kyle Corver, Al Horford, you know, the, that, that year that, like, all of them went to the All-Star game. So, shouts out to them, man. But then we'll move on to uh, we'll move on to the 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 Philadelphia 76ers. Now I talked about this last episode that um, there's a there I called Philadelphia the Corvette, the Corvette in the wintertime. A beautiful, still a beautiful car. A beautiful, beautiful, luxurious car in the summer i.e. the regular season. But once you get to the playoffs, the it just doesn't hold value like it should. Well not like it should like like it does in the summer. And we saw that, man. We saw even the team that was relatively healthy. Yeah, you didn't have Danny Green, but you were relatively healthy and you still made bad mistakes, poor turnovers, bad shooting games. Poor fouls. I'm looking at you, Dwight Howard. Every time Dwight Howard got into the game, he would rack up two quick fouls, man. It. Doc Rivers, we have to – he's lost, what, nine game sevens, I believe. Like, And I don't like bashing black coaches because we know how scarce that is. But a lot of people, you know, Doc Rivers was saying that the Clippers – we, you know, Doc Rivers has been on the other side of some horrible comebacks, man. Remember uh, when the Clippers against the Rockets when Josh Smith and Jason Terry went crazy with James Harden on the bench? Um, <laughs> it's uh, we remember the Clippers in the bubble up three one and losing the next three games while being up double digits in all three of those games. And of course, Philadelphia, man, you are up 18 points. You lose that game. You come back the next game up 26 points and you lose that game. You know, it's funny. I didn't want to say it because I like to champion my, my black coaches, but there has something there's something that has to be said that many people consider Doc Rivers a great coach. Many people consider Doc Rivers one of the best coaches we've had in the league. And I always balk at that because it's like and again, this isn't me bashing black people cuz I love my black people. But this kind of goes back to we really value championships differently than anything else. We really value that 2008 championship with the Boston Celtics win. KD was, I mean, no, KG was probably just getting out of his prime. Ray Allen was just getting out of his prime, but still great players. Paul Pierce was there. You had a complete team. And ever, that's the only championship Doc Rivers, I think, has been to as a head coach. No, I'm sorry. He went the next year, and no, he didn't. He lost to the Orlando Magic. So, now he did go to the championship. That's a lot. He did go to the championship, uh, and they lost to Kobe. They lost to Kobe. When they lost in like eight games. I think that was like 2011, I believe, or 2010. 2010. You know, it... 
there's something that has to be said when you have players. You have an all you have an MVP caliber player in Joel Embiid, but like I said last episode, Joel Embiid, the one of the biggest reason why he didn't win MVP, and one of the biggest reasons why a lot of people still have question marks about Joel Embiid is because of his health. You have Ben Simmons, who we'll talk about in a second. You have all NBA players, all defensive players, and you still lose to a team. And don't get me wrong, shouts out to Atlanta. But there was there should Atlanta should not have been able to match up with the Philadelphia 76ers. A lot of people, including myself, thought that Philadelphia was good enough, especially with AD and LeBron being out, especially with uh the Brooklyn Nets having to go against the, the Milwaukee Bucks second round. A lot of people thought the Philadelphia 76ers was good enough to make it all the way. This is the year. Uh, Nick Wright said it, man. This is the year you really didn't didn't have to go against a superstar outside of the Bucks, and you blew that. This is why I don't know if they'll ever win a championship with this core. And this is where we'll get to Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is an incredible player. I know a lot of people are bashing him right now, but Ben Simmons is an incredible player. However, Ben Simmons is always going to be a limited player and always going to be a liability if he does not and cannot improve his shot. Now, a lot of people say, you know what, it's cool. Let's give him a summer. Let's give him a summer. He saw how how bad uh, he was. He saw how bad. He's the biggest reason why the Philadelphia 76ers didn't win this series. We know the infamous playing game seven when he had a wide open dunk and he passed it to Matisse Thimble and Matisse Thimble got fouled and only had one and only hit one free throw because he, he passed it to a person that is also isn't a good shooter, but he's not scared to shoot. Ben, people keep saying all Ben Simmons has to do is take a summer and he get his jump shot right. Here's the problem with that. This is this year was his what third or fourth year, and he still hasn't improved. How is it that you, you've had this same problem since college, and you have yet to improve? So what makes people think that Ben Simmons is going to now say, "Oh man, this was this was bad. Now I'm gonna get in the gym and work." It's a, it's a, look, it's a mindset thing, bro. I'm not, I'm not saying Ben Simmons can't shoot. I'm saying I don't know if he can shoot because he doesn't even attempt it because he has no confidence in his shot. Ben Simmons, look, I think, I think Ben Simmons days are over in, in Philly because you can't, you can't, your bet, he's a guard pretty much. He's a 6'10 guard. Your guard who dominates the ball cannot be the same person who can't shoot, especially in today's NBA, especially when you're going up against a Trey Young. You're going up against people like Donovan Mitchell, people like Steph Curry, people like Damian Lillard. Hell, he can't shoot, but people like Russell Westbrook. You can't go up against these type of guards. And dominate the ball because you're the guard and can't shoot. And because of that, Philadelphia has so much money tied into these, which 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 now Philadelphia has, and I mean has to be 
kicking themselves in the foot right now because I don't know if you remember, but Philadelphia, there was a Philadelphia James Harden trade on the market, and Philadelphia turned it down. Philadelphia could have had James Harden. Instead, they wanted to keep Ben Simmons. And the, and the irony of all that is, now you're about to trade Ben Simmons for what? A C.J. McCollum? For maybe a, a, an Andrew Wiggins? Like, it's it's bad, man. I don't, I'm not saying Ben Simmons is a horrible player, because he's not. Ben Simmons has so many good traits you know he's a he he's great at getting to the rim. He's good at he's a good facilitator. But Ben Simmons, if he does not work on the jump shot, which he hasn't, that's the thing. I'm I'm gonna stop saying if he does because I I don't think he 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 cares enough. I don't think he knows. I don't know. I don't think he will. So Ben Simmons is going to be who Ben Simmons is. I believe Ben Simmons has peaked. Yes, I understand he's 24. I understand all that, but. Ben Simmons has not improved not a lick since his fr- since his rookie year. So there's nothing in me that thinks Ben Simmons is going to take that leap. You know what I mean? So like I said, I think that Ben Simmons days are pretty much numbered and done in 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 Philly. So where what where where are some good destinations for Ben Simmons? First and foremost, you have to look at the team. You have to figure out. You have to know what your team has to have to have Ben Simmons. As we've just seen, yes, Ben Simmons is an exceptional uh, a player. However, Ben Simmons cannot be your dominant ball handler because he can't shoot. So you're going to have to have a team that has a ball, a, either a ball handler or an exceptional shooter that can create their own shot the problem with philly is you had seth curry who was a really good player but he he's not the best at creating his own he's not steph curry and philly had a uh you know he had court Moss and he had seth curry he had danny green all these players are good catch and shoot players but none of them are really players that can put the ball on the ground and and go get their own shot so you're going to Ben Simmons needs to go to a place where that has a there. He does not have to dominate the ball. He needs to go to a place where they need him defensively. He has to go to a place where he's not asked to be the number one or two option, because as we've seen, that is not working for him. So where's a good play? Where's a couple good places for 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 Ben Simmons? I think that he would do really well in Portland. Uh, ben Simmons alongside I think Ben Simmons would most definitely help Portland's biggest problem that they've had since freaking uh, Clyde the Glide Drexler. I think that he'll help defensively. Um, I th- I think that while you know Damian Lillard is the primary scorer, uh, I think Ben Simmons would definitely play good in that forward position. Um, I think Ben Simmons would be really good in Golden State. Golden, I think he'd be perfect in Golden State. Um, you know, you pair him up. now. Do I think that now? I heard that you'd probably have to give up Draymond Green. I don't think I'd do that. Yes, he's he's pretty much a younger version of Draymond Green as far as what he can do on the court, but he's not the vocal leader and the fiery leader that is Draymond Green, and that is in, is a is a huge intangible for uh, Golden State. I mean, while you still have Steph, 
he's not really the vocal leader, neither is Clay. Um, and I think you pair Draymond, you pair Ben Simmons with Draymond Green, Steph Curry, Steph Curry, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and then you have James Wiseman there still. Uh, you you still have uh, Andrew Wiggins. You might have to give up one of those, but that would be a, a incredible, incredible, incredible thing. Uh, team. Look at Washington. Washington needs someone, a forward that can defend. And, you know, you get him along. Now, it is, it would be another person that can't shoot, uh, a la Russell, Will- Russell Westbrook, but that would be a really, a really crazy, uh, crazy pairing. The thing is, it's hard to, it's hard to determine where Ben Simmons could go because he's always going to be a liability at shooting because I don't think he's going to improve his shooting. So, shouts out to Atlanta. And I we just to me, we just have to wait. If, if Philly keeps Ben Simmons, I think that would be a mistake. I think it would be a mistake because I think when you lose a playoff game like you lose, and I think in the entire – series against Atlanta in the entire series all seven games he only took three shots in in the fourth quarters of all all games not three shots each game total three shots and I this is a person that dominates the ball because he's your guard and I that just that to me you know it can't it's not gonna work it's not gonna work man let's move forward man Shouts out to the Clippers who finally, you know, finally make it the first time they've made it to the conference uh, finals. But they beat they they beat Utah. Now, this this with Kawhi Leonard being out and no timeable return of when he's coming back, if he does come back, a lot of people like Skip Bayless and saying saying his 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 um his sources are pretty much saying he's not coming back. The playoffs expose what your week is at. And not only does it expose your weakness and where your week is at, teams exploit that weakness. Utah for the longest. Utah was the number one seed. A lot of people thought that they a lot of a lot of people thought that they could win it all. You know, they had a complete team, which is true. But Utah being in a playoff series exposes your weakness and teams will exploit that. Yes, Utah was an incredible team in the regular season. Like I said, they were the number one overall seed. Like, they were incredible. Donovan Mitchell was great. Rudy Gobert won the defensive player of the year for the third time. They were a great team. But... We get a lot of people get blinded a lot by wins, and because you're winning, a lot of things you're able to let a lot of things slide, a lot of things go. Because I mean, you're winning. Like, what's the what's the point of you're winning? We if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Pretty much. But even in that, even in those losses, or even in even in all the wins and and the record that Utah had. Utah had two biggest problems. Their two biggest problems is they only had two players. 
that can put the ball on the ground and go get their cell, go get their own bucket, which was Donovan Mitchell and the sixth man of the year in Jordan Clarkson. Only two players that can put the ball on the ground and go get them a bucket. One of them was hampered with an injury. And the second thing is they could not guard wings. They had a, you know, Joe Ingles had a tough time guarding wings. Bogdanovich had a tough time guarding wings. Royce O'Neal had a tough time. They couldn't. George Niang, they had a tough time guarding. They couldn't guard wings. So when you're going to a series with two wings that <laughs> that on their best day are top, both t- could arguably top 10, especially definitely one. But when you're going up against a series with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, yeah, man, it's tough. And that's why a lot of people said that the Clippers could win this series. Now, when Paul George, I mean, when Kawhi Leonard went down, a lot of people were saying, oh, man, it's 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 over for the Clippers. Even though, and I was saying, you know, it's, it's a little bleak for the Clippers, but because, and that wasn't because they still didn't have enough pieces to win. That was because now you had to rely on Paul George. And as we've seen, Paul George can either go one or two ways. He can go the Paul George uh, that was an OKC where the team needed him and he only scored three points the last game. Or he can go the Indiana route and was just destroying people. We got the Indiana Paul George. But even with you know Paul George playing well, Utah still should have had a chance, right? No. You had the Terrence Mann game. <laughs> And and Terrence Mann, who was a wing, was killing the team, killing Utah. A lot of people ask, was Kawhi Leonard holding back Paul George? Because Paul George has played incredible um, since Kawhi Leonard's been gone. And I say no. I say Paul George can be a one. But I don't know if he can be a one for a championship team. He can definitely be a two for a championship team. I think that, like I said, Utah's biggest problem was the Clippers' biggest strength. Utah, when the Clippers had a couple people that could put the ball on the ground. You had Paul George. You had Kawhi Leonard before he got hurt. You had, um, or you have Reggie Jackson. You have. Rondo, who's a great facilitator. You have Mark or Marcus Morris. They have they have players that can put the ball on the ground and go get them a bucket. Utah only has two. And when you have a three-time defensive player of the year who is his his it feels it feels like his powers just get evaporated once he gets out the paint. It's it's a tough one, man. It's a tough one, but shouts out to the Clippers for making it to the conference finals for their first time. Uh, yeah, man, it's 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 a it's a thing. It's a big thing, and shouts out to Terrence Mann having a game in his life, thirty nine points. Like, I don't, I think he's probably reached his career high. That was his career high in both college and like that was the best game he's ever played. So, um, shouts out to them, man, and. Whew, 
I don't know if I don't think Utah's one of those teams, man. If you didn't win this year, it's it's kind of like Philly, bro. If you didn't win this year, it's hard for me to to imagine you winning anytime soon. Yeah, you have a good team. You have Donovan, you have Jordan Clarkson, Ingles, Rudy Gobert, but this year should have been the year, seeing as though look at the players that's not here that you don't have to worry about. Let's just stick to the East. You don't have to worry about LeBron and AD. You didn't have to worry about Kawhi the last few, the last what, two games. You didn't have to worry about Steph Curry. You didn't have to worry about Damian Lillard. You didn't have to worry about Jamal Murray and, and Nikola Jokic because you didn't have to see them. Like, it's just... This should have been. This would have been the year. This should have been the year because this. I don't see it getting much easier than that. Hell, you didn't have to go against Clay. Like, it, it, I don't know. I, it's kind of if you didn't. And I said if you didn't win this year, if you're Utah or Philly, I just don't. I just don't foresee a, a how you'll win it in the future because teams are gonna get better. So. Yeah, man. Yeah, let's move forward. Let's move forward. First of all, shouts out to the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn, yeah, Brooklyn Nets and Buck series, man. That was an incredible series. Even with Kawhi, uh, uh, Kyrie being out, that was an incredible series, man. And shouts out to the Bucks for beating the the Nets in game set or seven games. Even with KD going crazy, dropping what forty eight the last game, and it was an inch away, an inch away from sending the Bucks home. But the question now is, was the Brooklyn Nets season a failure? Now, of course, you compiled Steph. I mean, Clay, uh, Kyrie Irving, KD. James Harden, Blake Griffin, you had LaMarcus Aldridge before he got uh before he retired, DeAndre Jordan, Joe Harris. Like you you compile all these players um to pretty much win the championship. Now, here's the problem with super teams. Here's the problem with a, a compiling a team full of three stars. Something is going to have to have to take a hit. And that something was the bench and defense. They couldn't afford anybody that could play defense. And their bench was god-awful. I know. I mean, Landry Shamit was pretty much their best bench player. So, And like I said, the question is, was this season a failure? And this season, I mean, ultimately, every team, let me say this, every team, you know, the beginning of the season strives to win a championship. Only a few teams can, and Brooklyn was one of them. So, in that sense, they didn't win a championship. So, yeah, it technically was a failure, but this season presented so much wins for them. KD looks like he can, and we'll talk about this later, he looks like he can arguably be the best player in the world. This is two years after an, an Achilles rupture, which is the worst basketball injury that you can have. The absolute worst. There's peop, There's only been one other player that come back even good, and that was uh, uh, Dominique Wilkins. 
So KD comes back incredible. You get James Harden. You have Kyrie. And I and I believe the only reason why they lost this series is because Kyrie went down. Now, you say, okay, Kyrie went down. You still had James Harden. You still had KD. Here's the problem. You bank on all three of them being there. The, the bench is not good enough for all three of them not to be there in the playoffs. The... The the their the team's defense is not good enough for them all three not to be there. And the people that you needed to step up did not step up. James Harden was still hampered from a hamstring injury. While he did come back the last three games, he looked incredibly bad those three games. And Joe, oh man, Joe Harris. Joe Harris, man. Joe Harris played god-awful. Like, god-awful. And when you need someone to step up, and when James Harden can't step up, KD KD had like 156 points in three games because they needed to. So it's like, With Kyrie being out, while, yes, KD to me is the most important player on that team, that's, the team is not built for one of those stars to be out in the in the playoffs because they don't have anyone that can pick up the slack coming off the bench. They, they don't have that. So that's why you, I mean, That's what that's look, and also we have to really talk about some of the coaching decisions from Steve Nash. You had a timeout the last play of the game and didn't use it in overtime. KD was gassed, everybody was gassed. You should have used the timeout to at least get them some type of fresh legs. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just I I think that I think that Brooklyn if they they all come back healthy, I they have the offensive talent to win. But the thing is, because you're paying your your money is so tied up to three players, they're gonna struggle next year. What they struggle with this year that was their bench is not gonna be good. Not to mention, there's gonna be some players. I don't know if Blake Griffin's gonna stay. Uh, like, there's gonna be some players that are going to leave. Then you're not going to, I don't know if you're going to be able to, you're going to have to search in the veterans bargains bin and though you're going to have to get like a Nicholas Batune or like a, a, like a, a Corey Brewer or something like that. And I don't think those pieces at their, and I'll, I don't think those pieces are good enough to win you a championship as far as defensively, they're just past their prime. So I don't think I think it's a failure as far as the Brooklyn Nets. They built this team to win a championship, and they didn't win a championship. Now, again, a, a lot went into that, which their bench was god awful. Players that needed to step up didn't. Kyrie got hurt. Um, Steve Nash has some questionable coaching decisions. Uh, James Harden was injured, so. But and, and and a lot of people are trying to say like trying trying to come at KD, saying you know this is what LeBron James had to deal with this that and the third, which I hate that argument. I hate that argument because these are the same people that say well look what LeBron James had to deal with. So you understand that it's tough. You understand that 
you know, you need help and you need healthy help. Like you understand that. And those same people will bash KD for what they just said. You have to understand with LeBron. It just, it doesn't make sense to me, but shouts out to, um, the Brooklyn, I mean the, the Milwaukee Bucks for making it to the conference finals. And that's where we'll get to the conference finals. Now you have the Bucks and the Hawks in the conference finals, and you have the Suns and the Clippers. Let's start with the Suns and the Clippers because their 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 game started or their comp, their their series started right now. As I'm speaking, as I'm recording now, the game game two of the Suns Clippers series will be tonight. I think that the I think Kawhi Leonard not being there is huge for the clip for the for the Clippers. I think it's huge for the Clippers because one thing that we saw with game one is they can attack the Suns can attack you in waves. Devin Booker can go crazy. Uh, DeAndre Aiden can go crazy. They're, and they're a really good three-point shooting team with Mikael Bridges and Cam George, Johnson and uh, Cameron Payne. Like, they're a really good shooting team. And they're they're a young, complete team. I said this before. They're probably the, the most complete team as far as youth. I thought the, the Clipper, I mean, the, the Utah Jazz was probably the most complete team overall with Mike Conley healthy. But I think that, the most like when we talk about youth and everything, the most complete team in that aspect is the Phoenix Suns, and I think Kawhi Leonard not being there definitely hurts the Clippers more this series than it does against Utah. And with the, right now, I mean, I think they've won. I think the Suns have won eight straight uh, conference. I mean, eight straight playoff games which is a franchise or nine straight, which is a franchise uh, record. I think that you're catching the Suns at the worst time. Now with Paul, with Chris Paul, not being there right now due to COVID COVID uh, protocol that I think this game or game two is the most important game for the Clippers. If the Clippers go down two, I understand that this is, I mean, they went down to two uh, Oh against the, Dallas and against Utah, but I just though I mean I just don't think this team without Kawhi Leonard you can I can't think you can expect them to come back from a 2-0 series deficit without your best player. Um, not to mention if you go down 2-0 and they don't have Chris Paul, their best player is coming back in the series sometime. Kawhi Leonard still up in the air, so. I'm going to say Suns win this series in I'm going to say 6 6 games. I think Suns win this series in 6 games, meaning the Suns will make it to their first in first NBA finals. No, not their first. But the Suns will make it to, <laughs> the Suns will make it to the NBA finals in my opinion. On the East, I don't think this is a close series in my opinion at all. I think that while, yeah, the Hawk now I know people say don't count out the Hawks. Look what they did to Philly. Yeah. Uh the Bucks is not Philly. <laughs> ben Simmons is not Giannis. Um, I think that the Bucks just the Bucks is too much for the Hawks. I think 
They're better defensively than Philly, even though I know Philly has all the defensive players. They're better than Philly defensively. They're better than Philly offensively. They're better. They're better. Like they they can scheme better than than Philly. The Bucks have uh, a player that even though he can't shoot, he ain't scared to shoot, and he can dictate the tempo. And that's Giannis. You have Drew Holiday cannot be as bad as he was against the 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 Brooklyn Nets. Like if he can't be no worse, so he has to be better. Um, I just think the Bucks is a, the Bucks are are a different level than Philly. They're a different level than the Knicks, and I don't think the Hawks can. I mean, quite as even though Trey Young did have a really good series um, against. Uh, against Philly, the size and the defense that Ben Simmons presented against Trey Young kind of hampered him the last two games. The last two games he didn't have the greatest of games. Oh, that's that's a lot. The last yeah, the last two games he didn't have the greatest games. Uh and you you can throw Pat Connaughton. You can throw um you can throw uh what's his name? You can throw um Drew Holiday, you can throw a lot of people at him. Plus, you have PJ Tucker. So, I just think that it's going to be the Bucks and Suns in the finals, in the in the NBA finals. I have the Bucks winning this series, and honestly, I think they're going to win this series in five games. I got Bucks in five and Suns in six. So I, it'll be the Bucks and Suns in the NBA finals. And with that, a question has been presented. A question has been presented. Now, you know we had to just slide LeBron James topic in here. It's kind of like what they usually do in, in all the sports outlet shows. You can't, you know, you can't go without no LeBron topic. The question is, what we've seen this year, what we've seen uh, throughout the playoffs, is LeBron James the best player in the world anymore? Now, a lot of people hear that. And a lot of people like get offended because I think they think that you're like bashing LeBron for for thinking he may or may not be the best player in the world at this point. I say this. You look at the landscape of the league and it's hard for me. I understand that LeBron James was a front runner uh, for the MVP before he got hurt. Um but it's hard for me to look at the league right now and still say LeBron James is the best player. Do I think LeBron James is still a great player? Of course. Do I think LeBron James is still a a top player in this league? Of course. Do I think LeBron James is arguably one of the greatest players ever? Of course. But today, it's hard for me to look at what I saw Steph Curry do this year, what I saw KD do in the, in the playoffs, what I've seen Giannis continuously do, what I saw Jokic do, what I saw Joel Embiid do, what I saw uh, Anthony Davis do last year in the bubble. It's hard for me to look around the league and say that LeBron James is the best player. Now, a lot of that is due to, you know, father time is caught up, but not as not as abrupt as some people. But LeBron James doesn't have... LeBron James is not the LeBron James of old. Now, I'm not saying he's garbage, but LeBron James is not the, the LeBron James we expect to, you know, just high fly dunking everybody. That's just not what we're getting. Yeah, he might do it from time to time, but no. Not to mention, like, 
he just he, he's a step slower. I'm not saying he's garbage, but he's a step slower. And again, when what we're watching out of Steph, what we're watching out of KD, when healthy, what we're watching out of uh, James Harden, like it's just no. I do not think LeBron James is the best player in the world. I think that, um, again, he is he alongside Anthony Davis can still win the Lakers a championship next year. Uh, of course, they'll need to. That's the thing. That's the thing right there. Before LeBron James could paired with could be paired with somebody, um, like for instance, let's say the Heat. LeBron James can be paired with Chris Bosh and, and D. Wade, and it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that they'll win. LeBron James can win with Kyrie and 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 Kevin Love. These days, yeah, you have Anthony Davis, but you need more around him at this point. I'm not saying that they only won with three people, and the supporting cast definitely helped, but LeBron James is more dependent. That's it. LeBron James is more dependent on others than he is himself. LeBron James is more dependent now on the health of Anthony Davis and if Dennis Schroeder can play or if Kyle Kuzma can play or or the bench. Like he's more dependent on them than he has ever been. And I think at that point, that's how you know LeBron James is a step slower. Not saying he's garbage, but a step slower. And with that, again, I'm looking at the landscape of the league. You have Dame, who's incredible. Um, Bradley Bill is great. Like, I'm not saying that they're all the best players or anything. I'm just saying it's hard for me to see what I'm seeing from these players and say LeBron James is still the best player. Is LeBron James still great? Yes. Is LeBron James still a top 10 player? I mean, I, yes. But I, he is not the best player in the world right now, in my opinion. And to me, the fact that we can even have this argument is telling because you can – I understand the last few years maybe, but there's never really been a, a solid argument in saying LeBron James is not the best player in the world. Now you can have that argument. So there's that, man. There's that. Uh, moving forward. Congratulations to all the track and field people making the Olympics, man. Black people is dominating the Olympics, man. Shouts out to Shakari Robinson. Shouts out to Christina Clemens, who, by the way, is from Waldorf. Uh, she went to Westlake High School while I went to Thomas Stone High School and their rivals. Still, congratulations to you. Shouts out to North Carolina A&T, man. Uh, Trevor Stewart. Akeem uh, Sherleaf, Daniel Stokes, and Randolph Ross Jr., all of them made, you know, qualified for the Olympics. Man, look, they are doing their thing. Like, <laughs> black people are showing out in track and field right now. Now, they've been doing it for a while, don't get me wrong. And I think that I don't know why it's taking so long to, to really catch on, but. Black people have been dominating the Olympics for a minute. I mean, you got track and field, of course, Team USA, uh, in basketball. Uh, Simone Biles is probably one of the greatest Olympians we've ever seen. Yes, Simone Biles is one of the greatest, if not the greatest Olympian we've ever seen and gymnast we've ever seen. Don't forget about Gabby Douglas. Like, black people have been dominating the Olympics for a minute. So, but shouts out to all the black people 
that's dominating track and field. Shouts out to y'all, man. And lastly, before we go, um, Raiders defensive end Caleb Nassib uh, came out as gay, uh, becoming the first openly gay uh, player in the NFL. Now, the only reason why this is news is because people are nosy. And people have an innate need to be in other people's business. This shouldn't be news, bro. I, I don't care about this. Nobody should care about this but Caleb. But the thing is, or Carl, I'm sorry. But the thing is, again, people are so worried about other people's business that this is news. Look, I don't care what people, how, how people identify themselves because it has nothing to do with me. I don't care if you're, if you're what sex you are, who you like. I don't care. Like, and I'm not saying I don't care to be like, to, to negate anybody's feelings. What I'm saying is it doesn't matter how I feel about Carl Nazib because he, it has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with any of you guys but him or but anybody that comes out as gay or or whatever whatever however they identify has nothing to do with us people have to understand that people everyone in the world has different lives and your life has nothing to do with my life now yeah i can support you and i can you know champion you but it has nothing to do with me and the only reason why this is breaking news is because people have a hard time understanding the fact that it doesn't matter what you think all the time. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that James in Nebraska has a problem with this. Who the hell is James in Nebraska? Hey, man, shouts out to you, Carl uh, Nazib. I'm probably saying your name wrong. My fault, bro. But Carl, but this shouldn't be news. People should understand. I can't tell another person how to live their life. It goes. It, go, it even goes to the abortion thing. How the hell are you gonna tell a woman how to how to control her body? It doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't. It doesn't matter what I feel about this. It doesn't matter at all. Hey, shouts out if Carl Nazar felt like he needed to come out. Congratulations to you, bro. That doesn't that shouldn't negate the fact that he's still a good football player. And hey, keep keep doing what you're doing, keep moving. But again, it it shouldn't. One day that this is not gonna be breaking news because we're gonna understand that people's lives have nothing to do with us. And Carl Carl Nazib coming out gay does not have anything. It's not going to change how I live my life. It's not going to change what I do in the next four, five, six, six hours. Like it doesn't matter to me. Now it matters to him and shouts out to him, but it's not going to be breaking news. Cause like, what? I, I mean, let me say one day, this isn't going to be breaking news. Cause like it doesn't matter. And I, I'm not saying it doesn't matter a sense of being passive or like, like who cares? if you No, I'm saying it doesn't matter is let people live their lives the way that they want to live their lives to stop judging people for living their lives. It's their life. You have your life. 
You live your life the way that you want to live your life. Let people live their life the way they want to live their life and not feel like they have to justify for people that don't matter. And there you have it. <laughs> that has been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. Um, If you want an Unpopular Podcast shirt, hoodie, sweatshirt, long sleeve, joggers, the link is in the description below. Hey, man, go go get you an Unpopular Podcast. Go get you some Unpopular Podcast merch today. Again, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. It definitely would mean a lot to me. I'm trying to get to 1,000 subscribers. I got a ways to go, but hey. We, we're going to take this journey together. So I appreciate you guys. And until next time, much love. Love it.